So good, doesn't it? Just stay positive. You got the jingle to remember. Well, like we, we've said all morning, uh, welcome uh, to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the, the pastor here. And um, I don't have to ask anyone if, if you've ever been here before, because the answer is no. We are all here for the first time. So it's great. We're all first-time guests of Ridgeview Church. So welcome. We are so glad. We are, we are so uh, glad that, that, that you're here. I, I thought I would start off by just introducing uh, myself and, and tell you a little bit about my, my background. Um, I've been married to my wife, Samantha, for over 16 years. There's a pic of us right there. Uh, this was from this past Tuesday. Uh, starting the church, you order a lot of things. And so this last week, we had a packing party. So all the boxes that we've been delivered from Amazon, you know, it was like Christmas at our house. But for the church. And so we're unpacking stuff. And so we had this symbolic put the flag in the ground moment. And so that's the picture of us in front of the sign, which now you see in front of the school. Uh, we have three kids. Uh, there's a picture of our family, I think, from this past Easter. Uh, Katie, Levi, and Jude. And uh, we have been in this area since June. On June 23rd, we moved to North Fontana to start this church. And so over the last few months, we've had... A great time meeting people within the community, uh, serving the city, and looking for ways just that, that we can be a help. And that's why we're here. Uh, we want to be a help, and we want to proclaim God's name uh, to this community. And so we, we are so glad to be here, and we have been thrilled to just get to know uh, this community. Some of you may be new like us to the North Fontana area. Some of you, you may have been here uh, for a long time. And so we're just glad to be here and to, to start uh, this church. And like you've seen probably on the different promotions and what you've heard, uh, this is what we're, we're calling a, a preview service. It's actually a, a monthly service and it's unique. It's unique because next week you're going to wake up and say like, oh wait, they're not having church for a few weeks. Uh, but the reason we do that is, is we want to actually free up as much time as possible to continue to, to meet people and get to know them and do events and really spend so much of our energy telling people about our church. And so you're here for the first time, and we hope over the next few months that you'll continue uh, to come to the different events that we offer. And we invite you to, to come back to the different things that we have. And so today I'm starting a message series that's going to last four months. If I was going to say that to any of you, that'd be like, man, that is super long. That's going to get boring. Well, when you're meeting once a month, I'm only going to be speaking four times, okay? So that's a relief, right? And so over the next four months, we're going to be speaking to what you just saw in that video, this idea of staying positive. Now, that video, if you're honest, is, is maybe a little bit annoying. Like how many of you kind of were like, that, that kind of annoys me a little bit. And I kind of like, that's kind of why I liked it. Because as I watched it, I was like, man, it just kind of gets under your skin. It's got that little whistle. But we live in a time where oftentimes like the, this idea of staying positive is, is like a phrase. Like you, you have just, well, I've I got to be positive. And positive really is, is talking about the outlook you need to have. Like I have to have a, a 
a positive outlook. I have to see things in, in a certain way. But even if you look at the front of your program, which, which Joel talked, you know, you, you got those, those figurines. You got like a happy face and a sad face and holding, you know, a balloon. And, and life can feel like that. It, it can feel like this where some days I, I'm more like the guy on the left. Like, it's great. But do you guys have days like this where you're, you know, you wake up and you're like the guy in the red? I know I do. Maybe people around you, they know that too. Like, did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Anyone ever told you that? Yeah, me too. Because here's the deal. Sometimes this idea of just being positive, it's actually something that we can't really uh, get, get a handle on. Now, have you ever heard that the phrase, are you an optimist or a pessimist? Have you guys heard that before? Yeah, me too. Well, oftentimes there's an illustration, right? How much water is in here? Is this, is this half full or is this half empty? What would you say? Okay. Pessimist, where are you? <laughs> See, the optimist, they just speak first. Like, it's half full. Life's good. You're thirsty. And the pessimist is like, that's not near enough water. We're all going to die of thirst in here. Are we going to share the one glass? We all have different outlooks. And with different things, we, we, we view things differently. But oftentimes, we have this, this view of, okay, well, I need to have an, an outlook. Is it, is it half full? Is it, is it half empty? And then things happen in our life, and, and we're like a roller coaster of emotions. You know, you have a bad day, and you're just fighting to, to stay positive, but you can't really do it. A few months ago, my check engine light came on on my car. Have you guys ever experienced that? It's like the light of death. You ever had that? It's like that orange. Anytime an orange light comes on, and it, just that little engine this light just kind of lights up and mocks you like you've got a problem. And so I, what I should say is when it came on, that was like two years ago. So it's actually been, <laughs> full disclosure, the light has been on for a long time. And I've taken it to mechanics and they're like, it's a transmission code. And if you know anything about cars, and I, I know a little bit, transmission is like an important part. It's important. And if there's a problem with your transmission, there's a big problem with your, your car. And so the mechanic said, you know, don't. Don't worry about fixing it. If there's a problem with your transmission, you'll know it. That's kind of like a mechanic's way of saying if your car blows up, you have a problem. Okay, so I, I trusted what they, they said and just didn't do anything about it. Well, there's a thing that you have to do, and it's called smog check. Did you know you can't pass smog check if your check engine light's on? Did you know that? I found this out like this past year. Because this problem that I didn't have to worry about all of a sudden I had to worry about. And now I went from... Just let this check engine light just shine to, oh, no, I need to fix a transmission or something that doesn't seem like a problem. So I took it to the shop, and fixing a transmission for a car, it's not that new. It was kind of old. I was like, oh, do I do it? Do I not? And I was starting to get kind of overwhelmed by this. Man, I'm investing so much money in this car. How much longer is it going to be around? So I decided, just do it. Let's fix the transmission. So kind of that roller coaster of spending money for unforeseen things, that, that can get to us. It can get to me. Then I got a call from the mechanic, and he says, um, Alex, well, I just want to shoot straight with you. Anytime a mechanic tells you they want to shoot straight with you, your ears kind of open up because you're thinking, okay, it did blow up. Like, that's what I thought. Like, and he says, well, while the car was in the shop getting service to fix the transmission, a guy at another shop with a forklift ran into your car. I did not laugh, guys. That, I didn't think that was funny. 
actually, I kind of, it was like a chuckle, like, oh, like, what are the odds taking your car to get the transmission fixed and the same time, like a forklift hitting it? And that was one of those days where I just was like, there's nothing to be positive about. My gold car is, is ruined. You know, and, and you, you get on the, this roller coaster. Well, when stuff happens with our cars, it, it can affect us and it can get us down. It can cost us a lot of money. But there's also things that affect our outlook, too, that are even more important to us. Things like when our relationships with people, maybe close to us, our spouse or our kids, when those sour, that, that really can change our outlook. It's hard to be positive. It's hard to be optimistic. And that, that impacts us. Conflict, financial pressure, all these things weigh on us. And the idea of being positive is a phrase that sounds more cliche than anything. And so we need a handle on, on how to move forward. And so I want to walk you through how to, to be optimistic. But before I do that, I want to give you a preview of, of what we're going to be talking about the next few months. So today, I'm optimistic. Half full, half empty. We're going to talk about that. Uh, next week, next week. It's not next week, guys. Don't come back next week. Because <laughs> I won't be here unless I need to because I just said that and you might forget, Okay. Uh, next month, uh, the third Sunday, we're going to meet the third Sunday of every month. We're going to be talking about the statement, I'm grateful. How can we people that have the outlook of, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for things in my life. It's going to be November, Thanksgiving. We tend to think about that more. Uh, the, the month after that, we're, in December, we're going to talk about this, this idea of, I'm encouraging. Okay, if I'm going to stay positive, how can I be an encouraging person to those in my life, to those at my workplace, to those in my neighbor neighborhood? How, how do I... How do I do that? What does that look like? And then we're going to wrap up this series in January with this idea of I'm confident and defining what confidence is and, and how do you actually be confident in the right things. And so that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few months. This idea of how do we have the right outlook for success in life. And so today, that this idea of, of being optimistic, uh, I think we live in a time where most people are burdened by a lot of things around them. Would you agree with that? Do you, you think that people are, are burdened by a lot? I mean, you, you look at social media. Are you guys social media people, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or Facebook? You can raise your hand. How many of you guys have any of those accounts, right? Do you ever just log on to social media and you just kind of get just brought down by all the things that are happening or people's posts? And sometimes what they post frustrate you or sometimes you experience the loss of other people and that can just that bring you down. Well, I think we live in a time where there's a, a lot of hopelessness. There's a lot of just weight that, that people are, are bearing and, and having to deal with. And it just drags us down. And so there, there's something about what we need to do because life is so much more than just telling ourselves to be positive. We can't just think it into existence. We actually have to think differently. We can't think the same way that we've always thought. And so to think differently, we, we actually need help. But I think if we take a step back and we look at events, even right now, in our country, there is a lot of, of brokenness. There's a lot of conflict, misunderstanding, frustration. And the reason is, is, is the world is actually broken. And so I want to spend a little bit of time talking about why is it so difficult for us to have a positive outlook. And so I, I want to encourage you, if, if you struggle with being positive, or you struggle with just this, man, you just kind of struggle, maybe feeling just apathetic, or feeling down, you, you actually are just like everybody else. No matter how optimistic somebody is, we all battle with just the weight of the world around us and the weight of the responsibilities we have and the problems that we have 
in our own life. So here at Ridgeview Church, we're people that we all have issues and we all have problems. But at the same time, we also have a God who wants to help us. And so I want to talk about what God has done to deal with the brokenness that, that all of us face. And so I want to walk through a presentation to you. This is like the big picture of, of what a Christianity is all about. It's about how can a broken people who experience broken things, how can they find hope? And so my hope for you is that if you find yourself feeling like that, like your life's kind of a little bit unraveling or a little bit frustrating, or that, that this will be, be hope to you. And so I want to walk, walk through this. Uh, it's an acrostic called the Lord uh, Presentation. And Lord in scriptures refers to Jesus being the leader. Uh, he wants to be the Lord of your life. You may have heard of that phrase, like people saying, Jesus is Lord. What it means is he's, he's the boss. He leads. So for somebody who's decided to follow Christ, what you're saying is, I will let Jesus lead me. He will be like the boss in my life. He gets to call the shots. And so I want to walk you through like what the process of, of that looks like. And if you'll, you'll follow along here on the screen, this, this is what the Bible says. It starts with the L of, of love. The Bible says that God loves you and wants you to experience abundant, which means real, life. That's actually what Jesus himself said when he came on this earth. He said, I've come so people can have life and have it abundantly or have it to the full. God created us. We're here because he gave us breath. And so he's the creator. He knows what a full life is because he created all of life. And so God, out of his love, made us. And so we're here because of that. And that's what the Bible says. But, but here's, here's the issue. Why, why is it broken? Well, that stands for the O. And our own way. But rather than turning to God, every one of us began to sin, going our own way, trying to be our own boss. Now, I like that image. You see the little little guy right there? You remember the phrase, like, back in the day, talk to the hand? Like, talk to the hand. I don't even want to deal with that right now. Well, sin is actually, that's what we do to God. We put a hand up saying, nope, not me. Nope, not your way. And we literally go the opposite way of God himself. Everybody does. That's what sin is. It's independent rebellion from God. And that's why the world is broken. It's sin. We've, we've all sinned. Now, we don't really talk about sin much in everyday conversation. It's kind of a lost word in today's culture. But sin is just missing the mark. If you were going to be honest with yourself, how many of you would say, like, you've missed the mark in your life? You've, you've messed up. Right? I think all of us, we, we've done that. We, we've lied. We've treated somebody wrongly, like we've cut somebody off on the freeway. Uh-oh. Yeah, there we go. I see more hands. It just got real, right? You start talking tra- driving and traffic, and all of was like, I've missed the mark every day I've ever commuted to work, right? Well, we've all done that. We've gone our own way, and because of that, we were cut off from, from the life that, that God wants. And so here's the result. You go to the R. The result is our separation from God. The Bible says that sin has cut us off from knowing God personally. So here's the tragedy about that. Out of his love, God made us. But out of our sin and our own choice, we're separated from him. And so you see that canyon. There's this expanse between us and God. Because we've gone our own way. And in our independence, we're now on the other side, living life independently. And in there, if you see at the, the bottom, it's, it's spiritual death and, and bondage. That's what the Bible says. For the wages of sin is, is death. 
But on the other side, God's way is, is eternal life and freedom. So out of God's love, he made us, but out of our sin, we're separated from him. But the good news is the story doesn't end there. The canyon was not a canyon forever. God sent, again, out of his love, his son Jesus, so we could have a relationship with him again. And this is what's such a big deal about Christianity is because Jesus Christ, you'll see right there, he changed our destiny. We were going our own way. We were on the other side of the canyon, cut off. But because Jesus came and he died on the cross for our sin, our sin, there was a cost, there was a penalty to it. And it was separation. But when Jesus came, he bridged the separation. And he paid our sin for us. So if you've ever wondered, if you've been exploring Christianity, have you ever thought, like, why do Christians make such a big deal about Jesus? Well, Jesus and this idea of Christian, Christ, is because he is the bridge to life. He's the bridge back to God. And we can have eternal life and freedom because he sent Jesus Christ to pay the penalty and he was raised from the dead. And so he didn't just pay and die. He paid. He died, and he rose again. And so the penalty that he took in his own life, he came back to life. And that picture of him coming back to life is the fact that we can have life again. So that's really what what Christianity uh, is all about. And so that right there, you see the result is separation, but then our destiny changes. So when we're talking about outlook, it says that the Bible says that all people without Jesus are destined for hell, but those who repent turn around and yield their life to Jesus as boss of their life. Repent, kind of like sin, we don't use it much anymore. But it's like changing roads. Remember when we talk to the hand to God and we're going our own way? Repent means, God, I was wrong. This way I don't want to go anymore. This way is hopeless. This way I'm alone. This way I'm broken. So when you repent, you're, you're admitting that you went the wrong way. How many of you does that sound like that would be the worst thing to ever do? How many of you can't do that when you get lost with directions? Now, this is where I do a test because I see all the women next to the guys like looking like, mm, that's you, that's real. I'm like that. My wife and I, we, we always kid around. I just think like if I keep going straight long enough, I'll end up right. That makes complete sense until you're in Arizona, you know? <laughs> Straight lines, like they don't bring you back. You have to turn around. And to get back to the spiritual life that that God gives and the freedom that he wants to give and the hope that he wants to give, you actually have to turn around. And so I want to start this big picture because you can't talk about changing your outlook and you can't talk about changing your circumstances without you deal with the big picture of You have to change your road. You have to change who leads your life. Because if you always lead your life the way you always have, your destination will never change. You're going to be going straight on that road. But if you want your outlook to change, you need to choose somebody different to lead your life. And it can't be anyone on this earth because they mess up. It has to be God himself through the person of Jesus Christ. So I want to talk about 
what that means for you. And we're all from, from different places, maybe different stages of Christianity. You may have been somebody who's decided this long time ago, like, okay, I, I was going my own way, and I needed to change roads. And you've, you've decided to become a Christian. Becoming a Christian is not something that you're born into. You have to decide. It's a decision you make. And so some of you have done that. There might be some of you today that, that have never made that decision. And I want to tell you, if you want your outlook to change, you have to change your road. And then your destination will change. So you have to decide to serve and follow God. So if you've never done that, you can actually decide to do that today. You can decide, like, I, I don't want to go my own way and put the hand to God anymore. I, I need to turn around. And so if you pull out your connection card that, that Joel referred to, on, on the back side, there's a place where it says, contact me about following Jesus. Now, in one conversation that you've just heard, you may have a lot of questions. And so this contact me about following Jesus, if you check that, you're telling us that you'd like us to get in contact with you to talk about what it means to become somebody who changes their direction. What does it mean for me to turn around and follow God? So if you check that, we want to follow up with you and invite you to, to decide to follow Jesus. So that, that's a first next step. If you want to change your outlook, you have to change your road. So I encourage you, if, if there's something about that that compels you, if there's something you just think, you know, I, I've never done that. That might be something I need to do. Check that box. The next thing that you can do is like what Joel mentioned, is next week, next Sunday, we're going to have the Discovering Faith lunch at this same time. And at that time, you're going to hear from somebody who's decided to turn around and go God's way. And they're going to share with you the difference that that made in their life. And then we're going to further talk about what does the Bible define as a Christian. And so that lunch is at my house. Now, is that totally weird or what? Like, you've never met me except for right now. But here's the deal. If you can't come to church and talk about spiritual things, where do you go? And because we don't have a building, where you go is my house. (laughs) And so... That just may be like, oh, man, that's a little too intense. And so if that's a little too intense, no problem. But we would love to have you come over, and we're not just going to wait at the door. Just, I mean, at least so you can't see it. But we want to invite you, and we're going to have a lunch, and we're just going to talk about these types of things. And you can ask questions, and there's no pressure. You don't have to do any secret handshake or anything like that. But you may just want to learn a little bit more about this. And so you write on your, your connection card, Discovering Faith, lunch. DFL, our first acrostic. Is that right? I was checking in my head. I was like, please, I hope that's the right D. Yeah. Discovering Faith, lunch. You you can write that in there. Okay? And and we'll invite you and give you more details to that. So, to change your outlook means you need to change your road, which really means who leads your life has to change. That's the only way that you can stay positive. Because once you decide to follow Christ, your outlook changes. Because you now serve somebody different than just yourself or those around you. Okay? So I want to share this, this verse that kind of sums up John 5.24, which is actually a promise. You can go to that, that next part. It says, Truly, truly, I say to, you, say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment but has passed from death to life. That's the promise from the Bible. If you believe that Jesus came to bridge the canyon because of your sin, 
and you decide to follow him, you have now escaped death. And you can have full life, eternal life forever with God. That's a promise. So each of us have to decide whether we, whether we believe that or not. If you decide that that is true, like if I believe and follow Jesus Christ, I've moved from death to life. If you believe that's true, I want to describe a little bit of what the Bible tells you what kind of life that brings. So I want to wrap up talking about how we can be optimistic once we make the decision to follow Jesus. Because if we can't be optimistic from following Jesus, then what can we be optimistic about? If life can really be found and fulfillment and hope, then we can all be optimistic because of that. So I want to talk about uh, the book of Romans in in the New Testament, Romans chapter 8. And oftentimes we're going to talk about the scriptures, uh, actually not oftentimes, every time, uh, every time we get together. Sometimes we, you know, we're going to talk about the Bible because if we believe this is true, God is who he said he is, then, then also what we find about God is found in the scriptures. So it's not just by our own experience while we have that. It, it's also because he told us. And to follow the Bible means that you learn more about God in his ways. So we're going to dig into that you know, each time that we, we get together. And so in, in the book of Romans, uh, in chapter 8, it's a specific kind of this hope chapter. What are the things that come through a relationship with Christ that, that actually give us hope? And this is more than just quotes on a wall that you frame. This is actually reality. This is the kind of life that God gives you based on how he has bridged the gap through Jesus Christ. And so here's the first reason that that each of us can be optimistic. And it's this. My sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. So I think all of us raised our hands on missing the mark. That means we, we actually all have messed up. We all know that. But we can be optimistic when we decide to follow Jesus because even though we've missed the mark, we have forgiveness. And in Romans 8, if you go to the scripture there on the screen, it says this, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is one of the most hopeful statements that I've ever read in my entire life. Because I've actually felt like a condemned person before because of the things I've done. I've felt shame. I've felt guilt. And I've hurt people. And I've done wrong. And I think all of us, as we look back, we have a measure of that as well. But if this scripture is true, then when you decide to follow Jesus, you are no longer condemned. Guilt and shame does not have to define you. That is the most positive thing you can ever hear. This idea of you can be forgiven and your eternity is secure. Meaning, once Jesus has paid the price for your sins, if you mess up, he doesn't crush you. You don't have to pay for your sin again and again and again. Jesus did it. You didn't earn it. Jesus did it. And so you don't have to beat yourself up anymore. I don't know about you, but there's times when I lie myself down on my pillow and I just run through like all the things that I wish I would have done and didn't get to and I, I can beat myself up. 
what the scripture is saying is, is like, you, you don't have to beat yourself up. You're not a condemned person. Your sins are forgiven and your eternity is secure. So that's, that's the main reason you can be optimistic when you decide to follow Jesus Christ. Here's the, the second reason. My mind can be filled with peace. How many of you think, like, you know, peace is a really good thing? Yeah, right? Oftentimes, I'm, I'm not entirely rhetorical. So when I ask questions, says, yeah, that's me. And everyone will turn around and be like, whoa, settle down. No. But I think all of us, like, we really value peace. But how many of you, like, you just run scenarios in your mind and you lose sleep? Have any of you lost sleep before? Oh, man. I'm doing this thing like starting a church. I've lost a lot of sleep. I've experienced a lack of peace many nights and early mornings because all the things that, that I'm worried about. Well, here's, here's a promise found in Romans 8, 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So when you become a Christian, decide to follow Jesus, God's spirit enters into you. That's the Holy Spirit. God helps guide your life now. That's part of him being the Lord. He, he leads you forward. And what this is saying is if, if you decide to, like, again, not let God lead you, and it's a battle, when you become a Christian, life does not become problem-free. But you have a choice every day, like, who's going to lead me, me or God? What this is saying is, like, if you still leave you and you still kind of like, God, not now, again, you, you get into this, this death, like, there's no hope there. It's half empty. That's what life can be like. But if you allow God to lead you and you set your mind on the spirit, it's life and peace. So here are some things that I, I've been thinking about. Moving to North Fontana, there's a thing that we, we get to know called wind. Right? That's like kind of new to me. And everybody I meet in the community, I'm telling them we're starting a church, they always say the same thing. Well, it's great. Have you experienced the winds yet? Kind of like a look like, how serious are you about living here? <laughs> It's like a little test, you know? Well, last Monday, the winds really picked up. And it was kind of like our, you know, our first kind of time with like these winds. And then I'm like, well, the winds are here. And everyone's like, no, this is just a gentle breeze. <laughs> like, really? Because I felt like I was having to like be really careful so I didn't get blown away, you know? And so I started to think like, what if it's that windy on the Sunday morning? We have signs and all you're seeing is Tomahawk Ridgeview signs flying through the air. Like I, I started getting stressed out about, about that. Um, here's another thing that, that I, I started to get stressed out about. I, I don't know if any of you received a mailer, okay? We, we sent out mailers to this community. Well, we sent out two. The second mailer will be coming probably tomorrow. <laughs> I didn't laugh about that either at the time. <laughs> and it will talk about the service on the 21st of October, which is today. But I thought, like, oh, it's, it's ruined. No one's ever going to come again. If they do come, the wind's going to blow them away. <laughs> and if they get the postcard for the date that happened the day before they got it, they're definitely not going to come. You ever have, like, situations like that? You're just like, it's over. That was me starting this church. But God works despite what I feel. And that's the reality when you follow Jesus. Your life is no longer just based on your feelings, it, it now can be based on what God says. And you have to wrestle with that. You have to hold on to that. 
Number three, you can be optimistic because God is working everything in my life for good. Romans 8.28 says this. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. This is, again, one of those scriptures that provide tremendous hope. When you follow Jesus, God will use even the hard things you face for your good. In the middle of it, it's very difficult to believe that. And all of us have scars that, that maybe we've experienced from somebody that's hurt us, and it's created like a scar, like emotionally. But what happens is when you decide to follow God, the person with the unlimited resources, and the one who loved you enough to make you, he draws near to you and he helps you, even in the hardest times. And these scars that we have, his light shines through them. And he uses that for your good. He does not leave you alone. So even when you're at that bottom of life, God draws near. The creator of the universe draws near to all those who follow him. Remember I told you about the the transmission and the the forklift story? Well, I I was like, man, this, this really stinks. Well, the guy who hit the forklift on the car filed the claim of the insurance, and the money that we got for the insurance paid for the transmission. Now, I have a dent in my car, but you know what? If that dent allowed me have my transmission paid, I'll take that as Romans 8.28. God will work that out for my good. You know, at the time I had no idea, but you know what? In the middle of all that, God took care of us. He allowed us to be able to pay for something that is going to be difficult to pay. And that's what happens. You don't know how it's going to happen. In our logic, we can't figure it out, but, but God moves and he, and he works. And then the last reason we can be optimistic, and this is one of those where You have to experience this for it to be true. And it's this. If God is for me, who can be against me? If I decide to follow God by letting Jesus Christ lead my life, you now have God not only working for you, but he is there for you. And if he's there for you, it doesn't matter who's not. Oftentimes we think in terms of the people we don't have in our life. Or the people that we do have that we wish were there for us. When you decide to follow Jesus, it doesn't matter who's not there for you. Because God himself is. And if he's there for you, it doesn't matter what anyone else does. And you see that in Romans 8, 31. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And listen to this. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also... With him graciously give us all things. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. So again, it goes back to what Jesus did. He bridged the gap. And if God sent Jesus to bridge the gap, he gave up his son for us, what would he not do? His love is so deep, nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing. And so I hope... This is a picture. It starts with, okay, my outlook has to change. For my outlook has to change, the one who leads my life has to change. The one who leads my life changes, my path changes, and my destination changes. So our hope here at Ridgeview is we want to invite you to explore what it means to follow Jesus. 
And I encourage you, if you've never decided to follow Jesus Christ and for him to lead you, again, you, you can do that today. And if you're not ready to do that today, I encourage you to, to stick around and get to know us and, and ask questions. Get your questions answered. Our mission statement as a church is we want to invite people to experience refreshing life in Christ. We all want refreshment, and we all want real life. And we want to invite people to experience that as a church. And so, again, we're, we're really glad you're here. I'm going to pray, and then I've just got a couple more closing remarks. Let's pray together. God, we, we're here because of you, and we're starting this church because of you. And we sing these songs, and we read the scriptures because you are worthy of our focus, our attention, and our lives. And so, God, I, I pray for anyone in here that has that not yet decided to follow you, and they're leading their own life. I pray, God, that today they will decide to follow Jesus. And so, God, thank you that, that you have provided the remedy to the brokenness that we experience. Thank you for giving us life when we experience death. So we thank you for your presence here. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Before I get off the stage, uh, we're going to be receiving our offering. And the offering buckets are going to come around. And if you could drop your uh, completed connection card in there, that would be great. Uh, there's a few next steps um, that, that you can mark on there before... Uh, you drop that in the offering. The first thing is, if you'd like to come to that Discovering Faith lunch, go ahead and write that on the sign me up portion. Okay? If you want somebody to contact you about following Jesus, uh, mark that uh, where I showed you earlier. Also, we have lawn games on November 11th. If you'd like to come to that, uh, you can write that. So that connection card is, is your way of uh, communicating with us. So finish uh, completing that out. And I want to invite the band up. They're going to lead us in another song as we receive the offering. But I wanted to say this about this season of Ridgeview Church. When you came today, you had no idea what you were going to experience. Right? You're like, where, where do I go? What do I do? And here's the thing. like, We didn't know either. <laughs> so we're 58 minutes in. And this phase of church life is completely new because we, we just started. This is like going to a restaurant for the first time and they just opened. This is like how it is. But there, there's something about this stage which this may be perfect for you. If you're interested in being a part of our beginning, and partly you are because you're here, but if, if you're interested in, in being a part of this beginning, I, I encourage you to, to be a part of us. Uh, this isn't the type of thing like you're like, well, I don't know. It is, but we want you to, to join us in what we're doing. And you may be somebody who's a Christian, you may be somebody who's not. We want to welcome you here. And we actually want you to be a part of this beginning story. And you may not know what that looks like. We don't know what that looks like. Uh, each week or month you come, I keep saying that, each month you come, things are going to look different because we want to learn from this experience. And so there might be things already that... We need to change, and we're going to talk about that. But as you guys come back and as you come to, to our events, the church is already starting. It's not about the weekly service. It, it, it's already starting. And so 
If you'd like to, to join us on this, one thing you can let me know is on the back of your connection card, you can write launch. That means is you, you want to be a part of helping us launch. There's no pressure for you to do that. But I, I want you, if, if you're just, man, I, I want to help. I want to be a part of this. If there's something that compels you about that, if you write launch, I'll get in contact with you. And we'll talk about well, what does that mean? Where, where do we go from here? So I, I, I invite you to do that. Once again, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, if I've never met you, which I probably haven't for the most part, I'm going to be at the back by the bagels in a strategic place. And I would love for you to introduce yourself to me. So thank you guys.